Ottawa Wrestling fans, have you tried Brew Revolution yet? Come on, you need to patronize our sponsor. Brew Revolution has been making beer taste better since 2019. They are a craft brewery and beer hall in Stittsville, Ontario. 30 taps offering a huge variety of house-made beer plus numerous guest taps. They also offer cider, mead, wine, and craft soda. Add in delicious eclectic food and live entertainment, and you've got a little something for everyone. Check out the menu, pick something up curbside, and enjoy. Follow them on Twitter at BrewRevOt. Visit their website at www.brewrevolution.ca or stop in 6081 Hazeldean Road in Stittsville, Ontario. Number one, yeah, thanks a lot. My Saturday night was a lot of like, bing, 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 bing. Because every time somebody liked or retweeted or answered or whatever, my phone was just going, bing, bing, bing. So eventually I turned off the, uh, the notifications, notifications. Yes. But then I'm not picking up any other notifications. And my mother-in-law called and I didn't answer the phone. <laughs> Oh no. Well, you know what? Let me, let me tell you this. So all the Twitter stuff, that wasn't my intention when I went to the show. I had not planned on tweeting out sort of like, you know, live tweeting, I believe is the correct term. Wasn't really my plan. Um, So I'll tell you this. So, you know, you know, I'm a a big, a hockey guy. I've I've been playing hockey all my life Mm -hmm. and um, you know, hockey was one of the, few reasons uh that i ended up walking away from wrestling right as I, I just i need to keep being able to play hockey till i'm 80 years old and um i i can only say this so after covid not after covid but once restrictions were lifted and hockey was back and i mean like us being able to play hockey the first few times you go back into your locker room with your teammates who you haven't seen for you know, a year and a half, whatever it's been. Um, that's, that's a special feeling. And I kind of sensed that same feeling at fighting back on Saturday night. And, you know, I, I went to the show thinking I'm going to watch the show and I'm going to try and meet some people I haven't met yet, make some contacts, um, say hello to my old friends from when I wrestled and hopefully get a few interviews you know like five ten minute interviews for the podcast and almost immediately you know within a few minutes of being there i was like this is for this locker room c4 locker room and this fan base this is their first hockey game this is a year and a half of waiting for this moment and i just said i'm not even gonna go there when it comes to the podcast I'm just going to sit back. I was up on the balcony with like the uh, immediate family of some of the wrestlers and where some of the wrestlers will come and watch other parts of the show. I just hung out up there and stood there, talked to Mark for a little bit, uh, caught up with some, some older friends and enjoy the show. And 
since I was just standing there watching the show, I thought, you know what, I will tweet out some stuff for the podcast because C4, well, I shouldn't say C4, I should say Mark, he's, he's a busy guy during the show, right? So he's not able to live tweet results or take pictures and worry about social media. So I thought, you know, this will be a little cool thing where um, there's, there's a lot of interest in this show, right? Like the, the capacity of the building was at 40%, which was still 250 people. And let me tell you, it, it looked like a sold out venue. Um, but regardless, lots of people who couldn't get into the show, who were probably sitting at home wondering what's going on with fighting back. So that's, that's kind of how the Twitter thing started Saturday night. And yeah, a couple of the tweets just, just blew up on us, especially the uh, announcement of the fundraiser, which we'll get to, I'm sure uh, later on, but uh, there was like, I think as of yesterday, like 80,000 people had seen that tweet and 20,000 had watched the 42nd video of the announcement. And to me, that's, that's, you know, wow. Um, when we started this podcast, uh, did we ever think a, a tweet of ours would generate that sort of activity? Probably not. Uh, it was just a, an organic thing, right? Um, so pretty incredible moment. But, but yeah, all that to say, I, I just wanted to let people enjoy themselves and not bug them about the podcast. You know, uh, some people now know about the podcast just through the Twitter activity and, you know, tagging wrestlers and those wrestlers retweeting photos from our account. So um, they're aware of it now, at least. Right. And then, you know, in November, I'll, I'll maybe uh, try and get some interviews done for us or just do a, there's baby. Hi baby. There's baby. <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll worry about, uh, we'll worry about the podcast stuff in November, but yeah. for them, this was their, their first hockey game. And I just wanted yeah. to let both, you know, the fans and the, and the boys in the back, enjoy that moment. Let, let me say, and I'm not blowing smoke. You did a great job, uh, with the Twitter. Um, it did get us a lot of likes, a lot of views, more followers. Um, so I'm not blowing smoke. Great job. You did a better job than I would have. Uh, also, um, I know you listened to our episode last week, but of course, we I simulcast with It's Time to Fight last week. So I took our podcast and I put it in my space as well. Now, I'm assuming you didn't listen to mine because why would you listen to it twice? I, I want to tell you to your face over Zoom what, my monologue from It's Time to Fight. Because I said, we're doing this simulcast, and some of you might be wondering, well, why are you simulcasting? And I said, well, that's exactly what my co-host said. Somewhere in the conversation or somewhere in the monologue, I said, you might be wondering, like, why do I have to ask you when it's our podcast? And I said, because I let Ryan drive Cornerstone of Wrestling. Um, And I said, Ryan... Uh, is taking to this podcasting thing a lot better than he thinks he is. He has a much better mind for this podcasting thing than he believes he does. So I want to say that to you before we get uh, too far into this. Um, In the last week, you have done amazing things, great things, probably without even knowing it for this podcast. And I want to thank you and I want to commend you for it. That's uh, that's nice to hear. And, you know, I 
I said to you from day one, when we talked about doing this, I just want to get to the point where a year from now, I can look back at this and be like, did I ever suck in those first couple months? <laughs> and uh, I was talking to, uh, to Raja Ali Saturday and I, I was telling him about the podcast. I've known him forever. So he was one guy I mentioned it to. Um, I said, you know, like, it's, it's a new thing. I don't think I'm very good, but we're enjoying it and having fun with it. And it's, it's raising awareness on the local scene and local workers. So, you know, it's, it's a passion project. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think, you know, week by week, we're, we're starting to get into a good flow with how we, we do the show, what we talk about. Um, things are definitely becoming more natural and easier. So um, it's been fun and we'll continue to have more fun, uh, especially as more shows start running again. Yeah. All right. So we are recording this on Wednesday, September 22nd. Uh, we got delayed all damn week. Um, but are you because st- are, are you still buzzing from fighting back? Because that show, whether it was you, whether it was other fans, whether it's been C4, whether it's like, the wrestling community like as a whole are buzzing after fighting back. Are you still kind of just like maybe euphoric or just buzzing after that show? Um, I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say I'm euphoric or buzzing. I would say I'm still I'm 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 excited for for the fans. I'm excited for the promotion. I'm excited for the workers um, because, you know, this was a show a lot of people had major anticipation for and c4 knocked it out of the park um both on the wrestling side of things and on the charitable side of things and you know i think i I, you know what i'll I'll tell you this the first thing i said to my wife when i got home saturday night it was almost midnight is do you know how much money they raised this year for frank and for the canadian cancer society and i made her guess and like her number started at like $10,000, which is still a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you're not even close. And it blew her mind. And I think like, for me, that was just the the biggest, like, not sh- shock, but the biggest um, wow moment. Uh, I saw a lot of good wrestling. I saw a lot of good workers I haven't seen before uh, in person. But the fact that the amount of money um was raised that that was raised it 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 is the lasting impression on me for sure all right so you've already said you walked into the building and you kind of got smacked in the face like this is their first hockey game um just tell me about the atmosphere tell me about the 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 fans tell me about the locker room tell like i know you said it that you got that feeling but is there anything that kind of stood out like you know you know, Dr. Bob was there, obviously. And, you know, just what 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 was the overall feeling and chatter in that room? Uh, well, admittedly, I wasn't in the locker room very much. Like I I came in through the the uh, talent entrance. Um, thank you, Mark, for for coming to find me in the in the parking lot, by the way, when the show was starting. Um, and I just kind of quickly whipped through the, the back locker room as the show was starting pretty much right as I got there. Um, yes, baby. That's that's baby Ren, everybody. She's seven months old and sitting on my lap as I record today because mom's in school. Um, she may have a few opinions on the show. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, basically, the, the way I came in through the through the locker room uh, quickly saw uh, 
evil uno and, and Stu grayson and you know the mask thing is weird right like it takes you a second to be like who is that um so just quick hellos to them and you know the they were talking to their opponents so uh, i just wanted to whip through there and then the staircase to the balcony is basically immediately to your right as you enter in through the uh the talent door so i just i made my way up there and um honestly the first thing i noticed was this doesn't look like a 40 percent capacity crowd at all because they did a really great job of spacing out the chairs where it wasn't like there was these huge empty gaps. Um, it was well spread out and, and done so where you could still look at the show and I'd be like, you know, that's, that's better. That's a bigger draw than UWA back in the day. <laughs> like that's, it was still 250 people um, and a, a very loud 250 people. Um, I was talking to, to Mike Roch at intermission and I said like this, the volume of this crowd is a sellout crowd. It's not a 40% crowd. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, um, the atmosphere in there, it was one of just enthusiasm, excitement. Um, you know, like I said, we've waited so long for this moment. Now it's here. Uh, we're just ready to, like, you know, go all in and have a good time. All right. So up until the show, C4 had only announced the main event, uh, Daniel Garcia versus speedball mike bailey let's let's talk about the wrestling what uh what kicked it off yeah so the opener was a, a six-man tag um kudos to you and i both uh i think we both said there'd be a six-man tag on the show so we nailed that um and then you get double kudos because you had uh, said you expect to see puff on fighting back and i was skeptical because of the whole border situation but sure enough sexy eddie came out and uh it was announced as a six-man tag, so I figured Puff was up next. Um, and sure enough, yes, uh, Sexy Eddie and Puff came out. And uh, the first, um, you know, th there wasn't a lot of, of surprises necessarily in terms of talent on the show. Um, but this match definitely featured one, uh, the return of Beef Wellington. Um, Beef was a, a C4 uh, mainstay in the early days, uh, same kind of timeline as me in the, the early, what, 2007, 89. Um, he, my understanding is he's been out of the business full time now for probably about three or four years. Um, uh, but he made a, a return at fighting back. I, I don't, I don't believe it's intended to be a, a full-time return for him, more of a, a just a one-off special appearance, but still pretty cool to see, uh, to see someone who was a early day C4 mainstay. And then of course, you know, um, also an IWS quite, uh, featured quite prominently there over the years and some uh, American promotions as well. Ren's a Beef Wellington fan, I guess. And uh, yeah, they, they locked up with uh, MVP, Raja Ali, and Brad Alexis. All right. Um, when you said there was a six-man tag and you said, I got double kudos, I was like, the Bollywood boys? But no, the, I guess the Bollywood boys didn't show up. No, maybe next year. <laughs> maybe next year. Maybe next year. But uh, yeah, good little opening match. Um, you know, the crowd... They love Sexy Eddie and they love Puff. And uh, the two of them together, it's, it's a really good mix. Uh, there's definitely good tag team chemistry there. And, um, you know, Eddie alluded to it on his interview uh, on our show, just saying uh, one of the things he was most excited about was to get back to teaming with Puff because, um, you know, he views Puff as a bit of a protege and Puff views Eddie as a mentor. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing the two of them in tag team action down the road. 
Um, and it was, a, it was a good, hot opening six-man tag, lots of action. Um, first time seeing Brad Alexis, and to be honest, didn't see enough from him to sort of generate any opinion uh, in terms of uh, what I saw from him. Uh, but the rest of the match, yeah, all talented guys who uh, I always enjoy watching and, and I'm, uh, I'm quite fond of uh, Eddie and MVP and Raja, guys who um i've i've worked with in the past and uh enjoyed watching the match a lot i i have to say like uh you know uh ren is on your lap lap and she kind of straightened up and it just it perfectly like i just saw her eyes and she as, as if she was just like what's going on in here <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna lie uh, having a baby on my lap is somewhat distracting as i try and maintain a, a coherent train of thought uh um, oh, it's it's wonderful what are you going to do, though, right? Exactly. We, we want to get the podcast out, and uh, in COVID times, you just you do what you got to do. You, you do what you got to do. Um, all right, so six-man tag, uh, where, do you, where do we go from here? So next up uh, was tag team match. Um, we had Locked and Loaded, a tag team I had never seen in person, uh, Mark Wheeler and Jesse V. Mm-hmm. Um, they were against the Bay City Choir Boys. Any uh, familiarity on your end with those guys? Um, locked and loaded for sure. Uh, I've seen a lot of, uh, Mark Wheeler, obviously through, uh, through alpha one, uh, through, uh, new school wrestling, uh, Jesse V more through uh, new school wrestling. Uh, but I have absolutely no clue who the Bay city choir boys. Is that what you said? That is what I said. Okay. Uh, yeah, same here. Um, you know what I would say to me, that was, it was a good little tag team match. It was short, but, um, it was a really good opportunity, I think, to showcase Wheeler and Jesse. Um, great look from both of those guys. Great tag team dynamic. Uh, Jesse V, a, a, you know, he's a big bull, uh, throwing people around pretty easily. And Wheeler's definitely a little more flashy. But uh, together, good tag team. I think uh, I'd, I'd like to see them in singles, uh, just to see what each one offers on an individual level. Um, you know, especially Jesse V, because indie wrestling and, and c4 um you know it, it's a smaller crowd uh not audience wise but i mean size wise of the, the wrestlers generally and jesse's a big kid right like he's probably <laughs> hi ren <laughs> sorry people um jesse's a yeah, big dude Jesse right v like he is a big guy <laughs> she's booing jesse v oh, i don't like jesse v boo boo the heels as they say um yeah so i think in terms of potential matchups down the road like he's he's got that uniqueness where he's a he's a big strong dude right he could offer a, a lot of different types of matchups just based on his size and strength so uh, be curious to see him in singles action down the road but definitely an impressive showing from from locked and loaded um they had they had a couple of really nice spots at the end of the match um that i think you know once people see it they're gonna say damn like that was impressive um especially there's one like jesse goes coast to coast with um and i'm not talking like one corner to the other i'm talking across the whole ring um with a van terminator um and goddamn like i've done that i did that once and that bump sucks and uh he's probably got like 30 pounds on me too so taking that bump in the corner uh not not ideal but uh pretty impressive spot um don't do that too often jesse b if you're listening to this because your career will be short (laughs) no um in this neck of the woods uh mark and jesse have kind of 
you know, gone their own way. And I was worried about Jesse um, because Mark is very, um, I, I don't want to say flashy, but he's, he, I, I always looked at him as the flash of the team. And I'm like, oh, you know, Jesse going out on his own, he, is this going to, what's this going to do? I've been very surprised. Well, I don't want to say surprised. I've been very uh, happy with uh, with what Jesse's been doing. But you message, yeah. You mentioned Jesse V. Would would Dave Dalton, our mentor, would he not like salivate over Jesse V? So I got to tell you, it's funny you make that reference because I was thinking about Dave, um, just just being all in on a couple of the guys who I saw at that show in terms of their raw potential, right? And he is definitely one of them. And there's another one we'll talk about later. But uh, I'm bouncing this baby on my knee right now. <laughs> this is going to sound awful. And she's loving it. Just like, ah. Oh, she's having a great time. So, yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of, yeah, we learned Jesse V doing, you know, more singles in your neck of the woods. I hope that's uh, in the in the cards up here, too. I, I would enjoy seeing what each of them brings individually. Um, I would say there's there's a natural charisma with both. Yeah, I think you're, you're totally correct when you say Wheeler's the more maybe flashy, like I can see the the cocky heel type gimmick coming out of him. Uh, whereas V is probably more of the, you know, the quiet powerhouse, but I don't know. I think I think there's some underlying charisma in, in Jesse too that would come out in a singles context. And uh, I'd be excited to see those two in singles action down the road in C4. How loud is that on your end? I can hear her. I can hear her about as well as I can hear you. Be right back. <laughs> the bait what? The baby maker original movie poster. What the heck is this? Ah, here we go. The beauty of creating life, the freedom to give it away, the baby maker. What is this? National General Pictures as Babymaker starring Barbara Hershey, Colin Wilcox Horn, Sam Groom. Okay. I might have to check what that is. The Babymaker. Uh, Heineke Bear. Heineken, not Heineke. Heineken Bar Sign. Matchbox Jeep. Lego Batman Alarm Clock. Oh, Julia Roberts posters and poster boards. Okay. 5.4 pounds of assorted Lego. Why would you say 5.4 pounds of assorted Lego? That's pretty precise. Okay. We're back. Ren is still here, but I've rigged up a baby distraction contraption. So hopefully a a baby distraction (laughs) contraption. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, stop leaving because I'm I'm like buying crap on like Amazon oh, no. and Kijiji and. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, my wife's gonna send you the bills. Anyway, I mean, I'm you're billing me overtime for this now. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, we on. got we got through. Yes, I think I think we are moving on. That was pretty much um, yeah all we needed to to go over on match number two. Yes. So. Yeah, next up was uh, it was uh, two young guys, Junior Benito and uh, someone I've also never seen uh, before in person, my young Jay Lee out of Buffalo. Okay. Um, 
from what I understand, my young is very uh, new to the business, probably the same or maybe even less time than junior. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, these, these are two, you're looking at maybe a, a C4 main event in uh, three or four years, right? Uh, happening in front of your eyes now. Um, tons of potential on uh, my young Jay Lee's end. Uh, totally different style than what uh, you'd get from junior. Um, so it was, a, it was a fun dynamic uh, between the two young guys and um, both of them left uh, the fans impressed. Obviously junior, more of a known commodity in the Ottawa area. So uh, the fans pretty much exploded uh, when they saw him. I think, you know, we, again, I feel like a broken record, but we've talked about it, uh, how good he is, right. At such a young age and then with his experience level um, and the fans see that too. Um, no doubt. <laughs> like it's just going to be fun, right. To watch his uh, trajectory in, in C4 in the coming years. Um, and I think, you know, everybody's kind of along for the ride. And um, with my young Jay Lee, I think a lot of fans were introduced to a guy that they hope to see again and again and again. Uh, he left a really good impression on the fans and uh, he earned a lot of praise. Um, and as far as Junior, I don't think I've ever spoken about uh, how humble he actually is. Uh, I had him on It's Time to Fight and I've been saying like, you know, what, what the hell, dude? Like. You know, and I was rhyming off like what he had done to that point and like all the kudos he had gotten. And he was very much just like, you know, I'm like, you know, I've, I've been in there with good people and I've, I've, and just very, very humble. But yeah. And to that, I would say that's, that's a great attitude and it'll oh, go yeah. a long way and to keep it up. And, um, I'm not saying everyone needs to live on their phones, but, uh, you know, I threw out a lot of kudos to a lot of different workers um, on Saturday night, and um, most of them were greeted with a like from that worker. Uh, and Junior's was quiet, so it, it just goes to show the humbleness, right? He's like, I can't even like praise of my own work. All right, moving on before Ren starts uh, giving her opinion again. Where Don't we going? jinx it. Oh, Don't no. jinx it. Okay. Uh, next up, we had a, a four-way match. Uh, okay. which was the hot stepper McCray Martin versus dark horse Dexter doom uh, two Ottawa guys there. Uh, they were facing uh, Thomas Leduke and Evan Adams. Um, no level of familiar familiarity on my end with Leduke or Adams. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, I think this match was booked as an opportunity to showcase McCray Martin. Um, definitely. You know, if I were to, look at the night as a whole and say like who left the biggest impression on, on the fans as you know um, you walk away thinking, okay, I'm excited to see him again, or just, wow, did he ever stand out? It was definitely uh, definitely him in that match. And on the, on the show as a whole Um, he, so going back to the comment you made about Dave and, you know, Dave being my trainer for those who uh, are new to the show, maybe, um, McRae would be a guy that Dave would look at and say, okay, I, I want to mold you into something special. Um, he's, he's got great height. He's probably, I want to say six, two, six, three. Um, he, I saw him pre pandemic. Um, and I'm not saying by any means he was an out of shape kid or anything like that, but uh, you can tell he's put some serious work into his physique. Um, so he's obviously mentally he's, he's, he's taking this quite seriously. And, um, you know, I think now that 
shows are, are happening in the area again. Uh, he's a guy you're going to start to see popping up all over and, and bigger and more prominent matches throughout the Ottawa scene. Um, yeah, he's, he's got, you know, the hot stepper gimmick is like the break dancing thing. Um, so he's naturally athletic. I, I don't know what his background is. If he, he engaged in some sort of like competitive uh, break dancing or dancing of some kind uh, when he was younger, but um, it's obviously a talent of his that he's been able to incorporate into professional wrestling. And uh, I think it works. It works for, you know, both uh, crowd engagement and for a lot of his moveset too. I, I can't wait because I've heard great things about Hot Stepper and uh, I've never seen him, never seen him. So I'm looking forward to uh, to watching uh, Fighting yeah, Back 10 yeah. on IWTV. And, uh, uh, and that's one of the one of the reasons I want to I want to check it out. Yeah. And I, I would also say don't sleep on Dark Horse Dexter Doom either. Right. Um, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to, to talk to him at the show or anything like that, but um, I hope, you know, I hope uh, he doesn't mind me saying this if he's listening, but I think. He's an older gentleman, right? Probably um, mid thirties or, or slightly after looks similar to me in the sense that there's some grays coming in in the beard. Um, and, and for him, he's, he's new to the business, which to me is amazing. Um, you know, kudos to you, man, uh, <laughs> at that age, getting into this business uh, that's not easy on your body. Um, like I, I quit in my mid, no, no, sorry. My, uh, my early thirties and he's getting into the game and, you know, like I would guess his, his mid to late thirties. So, um, yeah, certainly, uh, respect to him for, for putting in that work and, and wanting to, you know, get in there and, and get his hands dirty. And, um, obviously it, it takes a toll on the body. So he's, he's obviously, uh, got the passion for it, which is great. Yeah. You know, I, I think DDP is probably the poster boy of getting into it like late in life, like getting into the ring late in life. But you and I can probably attest out the top of my head. I can think of three people who got in a little later. If that's not easy to do, it's not easy to step into wrestling. Even if you're in pretty decent shape, uh, that's, that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. I mean, put it this way, like I'm turning 35 this year and like, the thought of getting back into the ring there's there's definitely times where i'm like oh i could you know i could get back in there but then i'm like do i really want to put my broken 35 year old body back into a ring which is you know uh very physically demanding um probably not i'd probably be as upset as ren is right now (laughs) this whole podcast should be named uh baby ren reviews c4 fighting back 10 well Okay, my son is still running around the house, so I think inevitably he's going to show up. So now in my head, my thought of the title is, we have kids. Yeah. <laughs> there was a t-shirt that said that, was there not? I've got kids, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got kids. It was, uh, oh, what the hell's his name? Heath Slater. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, like Baby Ren uh, definitely put her two cents in yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. I guess to explain that comment yesterday. So uh, here we are going backstage in the Cornerstone Wrestling Podcast once again. But um, we tried to get this podcast out today, Thursday, because we were recording yesterday, Wednesday. But I was on daddy duty. And uh, as you will have heard, um, Baby Wren wanted to voice her opinions on the first, what, three or four matches of the card? Yeah. So. we're doing this in two parts and part two is, is now, and I am broadcasting from the car. 
So last night you were rocking a baby and I was sitting in my kitchen um, because I'm in isolation. Um, now you're in your car driving and I'm in my basement. So it's uh, we're, we're all over the place. Let us, for the record, show the level of dedication that we have to this podcast. Yes. Let us show this. However, it's, it's kind of funny, too, now, because we are... Um, we are giving our recap with a sort of a brand new perspective on things, right? Because the, the show was obviously released last night, Wednesday night. Um, so a lot of people had a chance to watch it and take it in. And uh, now maybe they're going to listen to us. And as we, we talk about the matches, they're able to, to visualize what we're, we're talking about as well. So um, definitely, I, I think that benefits some people as well. I, I have not watched it yet because, you know, I'm riddled with COVID and... I'm, I'm exhausted. I, I still, I don't know if I'm riddled Potential with COVID. COVID. Potentially, we're, I'm riddled with COVID. We're waiting for that. Uh, now, you want a negative test, right? Like, that's a good thing. This is the... Yes. This is, this is the Iron Sheik conundrum, right? When uh, Vince McMahon tells him he tested... Uh, what was it? He tested positive for cocaine. Yeah. And, and Sheiky says, positive. Yes, Sheiky, always positive. This is... Good. All right. So the, where we left off was uh, Matthew Saint uh, Saint Jacques versus Kobe Durst. So where do we go from now? I, I still have not seen the show. As I said, I was exhausted last night, so I didn't uh, I didn't stay up for it. Um, so where are we? Well, now? well, very quickly, I think I want to backtrack and okay, and just um, you know, obviously yesterday with baby, uh, there were some distractions in play, so. You know, I, I think I just want to circle back to Junior and my young Jay Lee for a second. Um, okay. People have had a chance to watch that now. And I think, you know, in addition to what we said yesterday, you're, you're kind of looking at two guys who are, are going to, I think, be regular standouts in C4, right? Like, I, I, I saw a tweet last night from uh, from my young Jay Lee uh, with, you know, I think it was the sad emoji face after Junior. Um, yeah, Junior's frog splash. Oh, man. Like, that thing is phenomenal so that's how the match ended a big frog splash from junior off the top rope and my young Jay lee drops the uh, the sad face emoji when that gif pops out on twitter but uh, i replied and just said you know uh, short-term loss but you you gained the appreciation of an entire city uh with one match so uh, i think you know big things ahead for for both guys in c4 and then in terms of the four-way i think we covered the bulk of it there um certainly i think you know as i said my impression was was um the match was kind of designed to uh give McCray martin the hot stepper a chance to stand out and then kind of carry a match on his own and really get over with the fans and, and that he did and kudos to that and uh you know uh, also a big shout out to uh, dark horse dexter doom who put on a good performance too in his first uh you know i, I not technically c4 show but c4 show so good for him as well all right then we went to kobe durst and matthew st jock yeah, that's where things went off the rails for us, and uh, things kind of went off the rails in the match, too, because it was a, a no-DQ uh, match, and, um, you know, I, we were talking about Durst yesterday a little bit, and, you know, that probably won't make this version of the podcast, because we got cut off 17 times, um, but you were saying, I liked what you said about Durst, if you remember what you said. Uh, it was a judge of book by its cover. You see, uh, you see Kobe, and then you you hear the term "no disqualification," and you're just like, ah, uh, 
I just don't see it. It doesn't fit. But then when you see him do it, you realize how tough the son of a bitch is. And yeah, it, and even and even after you've seen it, you see it again or you hear it again and you're just like, no. And just, yeah, he keeps delivering. I yeah, he, and, huge props to him. Agreed. And um, what I what I think I, I touched on was um, from the times I've seen him. Um, I think I used the word squirrely yesterday, and I, I mean that as a compliment where um, he has that switch that he can turn on where he goes a bit nuts, right? And like, yeah, you, you, might, you might not see it uh, when you look at him, but he definitely is able to flip that switch and take things to a new level and take risks you may have not uh, associated with him taking necessarily, just, you know, based on if you were to, to watch him in a traditional match. All right. Which we go. What's that? It went well, silent for like 15 seconds. Well, that's because you, uh, you're, you're twitchy. You're, uh, are, are you kind of going like around in a circle or something? Yes. Okay. Cause I kind of noticed that every once in a while you just get, you just lag like badly. Okay. And then, and then you come back and you're fine. And then you lag really badly. Oh, and no. then you're fine. And then you lag really badly. And it's just. All right. I'm going to try and stay in one spot. I'm pulling over. And <laughs> no, we'll don't see. pull over. Ren's going to no, be like. It, maybe not. Maybe not. Let's see. All right. I'm stopped. Let's see how this goes. So but I'm lagging, but the audio is, is fine, right? No, no issues the, there. the audio is lagging, too. I'm going to have to. Oh, uh, son of a bitch. I'm going to have to work around it a little bit, but. Okay. We'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully it's not terrible. All right. So <laughs> shall All we right. continue? So what's after uh, uh, Durst and Matthew St. Jacques? Uh, we had a, a brief intermission, and I, I'm only touching on that because it was an opportunity for me to uh, leave the balcony area and then go. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to our guest from last week, Mr. Michael Roch. Uh, Mike was hanging out uh, across the, the venue from me. He was at the commentator booth. And... Um, you know, got to talk to him and catch up for a bit. Um, went down actually to try and meet uh, another guest of ours, uh, Dr. Bob in person. Bob was MIA from the commentator table at the intermission, but I did catch up with him later in the evening. So shout out to Dr. Bob. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, you know, a good little opportunity for the, the fans to, to reset after a, a wild match between Durst and Saint-Jacques. And that brought us into the, uh, the Fighting Back Invitational Gauntlet. Why, why don't you walk us through that? So I don't, ex- I don't my, expect you to remember the order, but uh, yeah, I was going to say the order might be a little fuzzy, but um, basically, let's, let's just give, let's just give it some highlights. Had highlights, highlights. Let's do it. So uh, Cecil next, James Stone uh, kicked things off. They were in the ring with, uh, I believe, Shane Saber and Alexander Cable. Uh, heard of Shane Saber before, first time seeing him. Alexander Cable, not familiar with. Uh, obviously, we're uh, big fans and supporters of Cecil and James Stone, uh, two Ottawa guys, Ottawa Gatineau, I should say. Um, so yeah, they, they kicked things off. Um, in terms of a highlight, uh, I would really say the the match picked up, and I think Ren agrees. Uh, the match really picked up when Aiden Prince uh, entered the fray. Uh, 
I would say his level of intensity was was the highest of all the competitors in the match. Right? He uh, he really brought things to a new level in terms of just the physicality of the match, the intensity of the match, the pace of the match. Um, the fans definitely got more into it. Um, so I thought he was a standout performer in that uh, Invitational Gauntlet. Um, and then you start to see some uh, some bigger names enter the fray too as, as things move on. We had uh, uh, Lufisto enter, Benjamin Tull enter, and then uh, you know a couple of, of, I guess, fan favorites too. Uh, a couple of Wolfmen. We had Harry Wolfman, and then we had uh, Holden Albright, who um, is also entering the ring wearing a, I believe it's a giant wolf head. So um, a little bit of, of uh, a different uh, flavor in, in that match too. Uh, some variety is the spice of life, as they say. So uh, yeah, fun little matchup and definitely left the impression, um, you know, that was a, a great opportunity for, for Prince, uh, who, you know, is, is no uh, rookie by any means, but just uh, I, I kind of left the the match feeling like that was his match, right? Like that that was his standout performance in the yeah. match that uh, left uh, an impression on myself and others. Yeah. Okay. And what do you think, Ren? Yeah. Now she stops. Oh, there she, she goes. Agrees. She agrees. Just cheering. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Because in the end, it was Lufisto winning, correct? Yeah. It came down to uh, Lufisto, Tull, and I forget who. Those third last man was um yeah i think the fans were were maybe and this was before i think toll came out but um there's there's definitely a little bit of a the air let out of the tires and some oz when prince was eliminated because i think he really came in there and put on a great performance but uh the fans got right back into it with lufisto you know uh obviously uh, a c4 standout from from day one um uh, God, like a, a veteran of 20 plus years on the scene too, so a lot of respect on her end, and a really nice moment to see her to her capture the title. And you know, I I can't. This is speculation on my part, but uh, I'd love it if if she or someone she knows listens to this. Confirm with me. Um, there was a spot in the match where she lets out this scream, right? And I thought to myself, that was a shout out to Daphne. And uh, that was cool. So maybe it was just a total fluke. Maybe it was just a, a scream to sell. But uh, yeah, she was firing up. I think it was a spot where she's she's giving out uh, uh, the Kawada chops, I believe, right? The punch, chop, punch, chop, punch, chop. Uh, and then the big scream afterwards. So uh, whether or not that was just her, um, doing her thing, or uh, it was a shout out to Daphne, whatever the case was, I, I thought that was cool. Yeah, I could definitely see Lupisto doing that. All right, so after the uh, gauntlet, where do we go? After the gauntlet, uh, we went to the semi-main, which was, um, you know, we, we've, hyped, we've hyped this up for a while, right? It was uh, the return uh, to C4, not return to C4, sorry, I shouldn't say that. I should say the first C4 appearance since they were signed to AEW of the Dark Order. Uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson uh, taking on uh, two guys who we, I think we talked about both of them prior to fighting back as being you know guys we hope would be uh, on the show as we both kind of see a lot in them. Uh, it was a uh, fight or flight. So eight, uh, not eight Prince. What am I saying here? Von Vertigo and Gabriel. I'm gonna butcher this, but I'll do my best. Fuerza. How did I do? That you did it perfect. 
All right, so I uh, that's one of the uh, another one of the matches I'm really looking forward to seeing when I do uh, get on to IWTV. Um, but that must have brought the house down, like just even hearing about it. Uh, yeah. So the cool thing too was that the fans did not know uh, it was Evil Uno and Stu coming out to face Fight or Flight. Um, Fight or Flight came out and. You know, I, I think, you know, just given the place on the card, you, you have to realize, well, Uno and Stu are here, and there's only so many matches left, so good chance it's them. But they came out to, uh, the, you know, their non-AEW theme song. Um, so there was, you know, a little bit of, okay, who's this coming out? And then they come through the curtain, and the place just goes bananas. And uh, they got just, I, I, I think, probably... I don't want to even probably the ovation of the night uh, in terms of a, a wrestler. Uh, the loudest ovation of the night was something else we'll get to. Um, but those two just came out and the place, yeah, it erupted. Um, obviously, the, the show means a lot to them in any year fighting back. Um, but especially this one, right, after, you know, going through this pandemic, C4's first um first show back right and uh the two of them get to come in and perform in front of their hometown crowd finally in uh you know basically their their hometown promotion that they um sort of grew up in right over the last decade so um special moment no doubt and um you know props to fight or flight because that is a very intimidating task uh coming in in a match like that on a show like this and uh kudos man they delivered um, you know, I, I, I again, uh, Von Vertigo, I think there's a lot there, uh, singles or tag team. Um, they kind of showed like they can, they can play in this sandbox, right? Like they're, they're ready to take on the best C4 and the independent scene has to offer. And, uh, not only will he, will they hang in there, they'll, um, they'll definitely be able to, I think, exceed expectations of a lot of people. All right. Moving on from there. Where are we going? main event of the evening um and man so i don't know i, I don't want to over hype and i don't want to really even say too much about the match is it the best match i've ever seen at an independent show i'm not sure but if i'm if i'm asked that question that's one of the matches that will come to my mind that i'd have to consider Bailey, we all know, like, especially in Ottawa, what he's capable of. Uh, he's a phenomenal talent. Uh, Garcia, um, you know, really just exploded in the, the last year or so. Um, so I think, you know, for some in the crowd, maybe it could have been one of their first times seeing Garcia. Um, and obviously, you know, he's been featured in a pretty prominent role uh, in AEW lately. So, you know, there's, there's obviously something special there uh, that, you know, the AEW staff see in him. Um, you know, for me, it was an opportunity to sit back and say, like, okay, like, I've seen him perform live once, and it was at um, last, not last year's, but the last Fighting Back uh, in 2019, pre-pandemic, um, and he was in the, the Invitational, actually, so um, not really an opportunity to see what he can do as a standout on his own. So, you know, I'd be the first to admit, like, I, I was wanting to see what Garcia was all about and what the hype was about because you know on the surface you might think he's he's just uh very generic looking right and I, I mean no disrespect but just kind of a, a plain looking traditional wrestler so what makes him stand out and what makes him special um and someone 
was saying like you know he's just he's he's got this blank look on his face most of the time and it works for him because you know it's almost like i just mean business and i'm not here to please anybody uh i just want to come in the ring and fight and the other thing that i I caught on to that is cool about him and unique and it works really well is um he's constantly fighting and he's constantly on the offensive even when he's on the defensive and what i mean by that is you know bailey could have him in a hole and you know as bailey is let's say i'm i'm just kind of making this up on the fly but as bailey is on top of him he's mounting him he's punching him um Garcia, yes, he's trying to protect himself, but he's also using his other appendages to try and capture Bailey in a hold at the same time. So even though he's he's you know on the defensive, he's he's trying to fight his way out of it um, by trying to grab an ankle or trying to grab a wrist or something, right? So that's what I mean. He's always fighting, and I think that's a cool, unique thing too, because not a lot of guys do that, right? Uh, they're on the mat. They're taking their beating. They're they're selling it. Um, they're you know covering and trying to get themselves out of a position um, where they're they're you know being um, wailed on or whatever you know. So he is a little bit different in that regard, and I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, and I, I won't um, go into the match detail by detail, other than you know to say I think people uh, need, and I'll use the word need because uh, you know it's a strong enough word uh, mike Raj and i were talking after the show um you know look at the, the the names that have appeared on fighting back over the years um and we both said like this probably was the best main event in the history of fighting back and um that that's that's impressive <laughs> considering you know like i said go back and look at some of the names who've been on fighting back uh this was probably in 10 years the best fighting back match of all time. I'm assuming that we're going to get into the ovation of the night that you've talked about. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. My, my memory is, uh, is short. I don't know exactly when we talked about it last night. Um, the abundance of tweeting and social media that you did on Saturday night and how like probably our or your, I'm not even going to take credit for it. Your most recognized uh, contribution was the announcement of exactly how well this did. So I'm assuming that that's what you're talking about, ovation of the night. So break down that moment for us. Yeah, so it's become a tradition that fighting back where, you know, at the end of the night, the voice, who's um, the ring announcer, he receives an envelope. And in that envelope is the total of the money for the year. And, uh, you know, there's been some huge amounts in the past and under a range that you are, you look at and you say, that is incredible. And that's amazing. Um, and this year just blew things out of the water and a big reason why, and I, I'm not going to try and explain it because truthfully I can't, because I don't understand it, but a whole pile of money was raised through Twitch. And, uh, you know, Evil Uno and some others were streaming video games and people would donate through Twitch. I don't get how it works, but obviously that made a 
absolutely enormous impact on the overall totals this year. So, um, you know, people around the world were watching this Twitch thing and donating. And, um, you know, a, a big shout out to anyone who did that. Thank you. Uh, that's that's incredible. Uh, it just gave people a new platform and a new means to be able to participate in the fundraising efforts um, and, and really phenomenal and innovative stuff to, to raise more funds for a worthy cause. So, you know, with that said, I think um, people knew the number was going to be big this year, you know, the, uh, because like jaws dropped, right? We're talking over six figures raised for the Canadian Cancer Society and counting. Um, you know, the I'll, I'll get into it in a second, but you know, it, it's not over yet. Um, but that moment, man, like that was that was incredible. And I I could not tell you uh, why I started hitting the record button on the phone. Um, I, I think I, I was originally just going to take a picture, and then I thought, you know, no, I'll capture the announcement on video um, and and honestly not knowing anything about uh, how high the total was I didn't even know how well the twitch thing did at laughter um, I just wanted to capture the moment and um, yeah like it God what did we like last checked it was like 80,000 some odd views as of yesterday uh, on this on this tweet from us um, on our account like and I'm not you know saying that to put over the account or anything but I was just I was shocked at the the audience it reached, um, and you know, um, as awesome as all the wrestling was that night, and all the the tweets about the wrestlers and the great matches that we saw, uh, you know, I, I'm glad to see this tweet was the one that exploded and kind of, um, you know, got a lot of eyes on our Twitter account and. You know, believe me when I tell you that was not the intention, right? It wasn't like to try and get a whole bunch of views on our Twitter or new listeners to the podcast. Um, I just wanted to to share the good news and and share that tremendous accomplishment, um, you know, by everyone involved with the show um, and and the Twitch stuff too. So special moment. Um, glad I I saw that in person. Uh, something I probably won't forget for a very long time. Um, told you yesterday when we recorded it, it was like the first thing I told my wife when I got home from the show that night is uh, you won't believe how much money was raised this year for fighting back and um, in Frank's memory too like and I, I'm always I always trying to be very cognizant of that too right is, is always you know associate these victories and these fundraising efforts um, with Frank's legacy too so um, and then yeah the other thing to touch on right is uh, there's still there's still time to donate, um, especially, you know, for the people who would have watched this show last night and um, enjoyed it. Uh, I would encourage you to express your enjoyment through a donation, if you can. Um, go to fighting-back.ca. Um, there's still an active uh, donate link up there. It's, it's very easy. That's where I donated my money. It's just going on to fighting-back.ca. And um, you'll, you'll see it right away. There's a link to donate. You just put in your info, uh, all sorts of different options for payment methods. Very simple, very straightforward. And uh, that's still going to be up for, I believe, another week or so um, until, you know, I think there'll be probably an announcement from C4 when things are wrapping up. So if you're one of these last minute procrastinators, uh, you've been warned. But uh, yeah, I would definitely say if, if you want to participate and, you know, watch the show and you want to um, 
be a part of, of the fundraising efforts, there's still time, and I encourage you to go do so. 